0: Hi everyone, welcome to Hunter Gatherers. This time we are joined by Aya Kawai from Japan, an anthropologist uh, who has also studied and researched the Batek people of uh, Peninsular Malaysia. So welcome uh, Aya, and uh, as always, Tequan Lim. Hi, Ron. Hi. Hi uh, Aya. Maybe we could begin, um, maybe by you can explain your your field of uh, interest in research.
1: Okay, thank you, uh, Phil. I'm Maya Kawai. I have been working on bat of Kuala Lumpur, Kelantan in Penisa Malaysia. I I'm interested in how humans recognize the environment and use those natural resources for their living. Uh, Thank you for inviting me today.
0: (laughs) Hey, you're welcome. We're happy to have you here. It's uh, on our still very young new podcast. You're taking a chance. You're taking a risk with us here.
1: Uh, Yeah, sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're giving us a lot of credibility by being on our program. (laughs) so yeah i've recently read i just completed your paper navigation in the rainforest the case of the Batek in the upper libir river watershed in malaysia and it's very interesting so it has to do with um, navigating in the forest using river systems um, as uh, orientation um for orientation so not necessarily like uh what we use um tap what do you call it uh topography yeah maps so maybe you want to maybe you can tell us a bit more about that
2: Oh, can I ask a, a yes, a, please. A, a, a introduction question first. Like, Absolutely. Um, uh, I'm I'm a Malaysian, so I'm really quite curious as as to why foreigners are interested in in Malaysia and studying Malaysia. And so I gave a good I- intro that she's interested in the how people use their natural resources. But um, what um, how how did you first hear about the Batek? and why did uh, you know what? what motivated her to uh, look at the Batek in particular?
1: Oh, thank you for asking, Tammy. Actually, I did my first uh, field work in Papua New Guinea, and uh, it was a little bit, not safe for me (laughs) there. So my supervisors uh, thought it would be better for me to do research in Malaysia, cause it's much safer there in Malaysia. So even I can stay there alone. And my, uh, one of my supervisors friend, uh, he did his research in 1970s uh, in Sumaburi in Trangano. They are also hunter gatherers and they, uh, have a relationship with the body in Kuala Koo. So, and they took me to Kuala Koo and I saw the houses there and met people there. And I really liked there. So I started to, to, to work there. And for Malaysia, I, it was my second time to visit Malaysia, cause I did a school trip in my, uh, during my high school, to the Malaysia, but, and I liked Malaysia and I did not not want to stay in some places, cold places, so Malaysia was suitable for me.
2: Thanks, that, that, that's really interesting, and so the, uh, I, I'm particularly fascinated that um, now, mm-hmm. why Malaysia is a a safer place than um, Papua New Guinea? I I would uh, I would say that yeah, from what I've heard, that that's true as well. But would it, would it, it would you say that it's something about the Malaysian people that we are uh, we are generally much um, much more um, peaceful, uh, shy, and and less uh, ag- aggressive people? Yeah. And 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 the Orang Asli in particular, uh, yes, uh, 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 yeah, yeah. And so you feel you you felt safe when you uh, were doing your work, living yes. with them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes,
1: they try to protect me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I felt very safe with them.
0: Yeah, the the warmth, uh, the heat, the the tropical heat's nice. But I imagine it's equally warm in Papua New Guinea.
1: Uh, yeah, right.
0: I, I've uh, recently read, I can't remember what it was, but it was about uh, warfare. And in um, the horticultural groups in Papua New Guinea have quite ritualized warfare. Um, the, the, the author was arguing how, or was explaining how it's a population, It, it it's a way to control population um, to the resources, even if the people in the, he's saying that uh, it's an adaptation, um, not necessarily that the people are aware of it, but that, um, that it does have that function. But um, it's interesting. I, do the uh, swiddeners the Swedening people, horticulturalists of the Orang Asli, they don't have any uh, ritualized violence against each other or killings or something the way that, Exists in Papua New Guinea.
2: Yeah, well, I would take it even further. I, it's uh, the, I would I would say all of the groups in uh, in Malaysia, including the Malays and even to an uh, extent the Chinese, have have quite. Um, similar attitudes towards violence in, in, in respect to uh, or compared to groups which had this uh, or practice warfare, we generally uh, tend to avoid conflict. And uh, I, I have some theories about that. not fully tested, but it's kind of related to my research about um, the fact that in Peninsula Malaysia, we have quite a uh, a relatively dangerous environment uh, in terms of the wild animals, because we have tigers, we have elephants, whereas in Papua New Guinea, there are no tigers, there are no elephants, and the the main threat um, in Papua New Guinea is other people, uh, and so, um, uh, especially full Orang Asli that have been living in the peninsula for tens of thousands of years, they have uh, always faced this threat of elephants and tigers. And uh, they, as a result, they have, they have learned that at least among themselves and, uh, and their relationship to to other people, they need to be much uh, more friendly among each other in order for them to survive.
0: I wonder if, mm, go ahead Aya. uh,
1: I just thought uh, maybe uh, I think that uh, Malaysia has more rich ecological environment than Papua New Guinea. They have more protein resources. So they don't need to, you know, I mean, um, it's not like n- need to fighting or doing war, but they don't uh, need to care about population. Yes,
0: yeah, so there's less resource pressure, and population mm-hmm. pressure. But th- I also wonder if it if um, it had to do with the presence of many foraging peoples that spread out and occupied, uh, at least, uh, utilized and inhabited much of the the peninsula which created less resource pressure, whereas Papua New Guinea is, I think, settled or populated only by uh, horticulturalists, which yes. would put the territories um, up against each other, which might yes. create the... And then the foraging peoples. It's interesting in the Malaysia's original people book how much the different groups uh, create a greater whole. Very interesting. <laughs> it's
1: really interesting. <laughs> And yeah so, they,
2: it's, so uh, sorry you go ahead okay, go ahead. All right now I, I just wanted to tie that together with uh, uh, some numbers because we're talking about population density mm-hmm. and so for the, for the foragers you're talking about uh, like less than uh, or only about one uh, person per square kilometer but you, for the more uh, the Sweden groups you have maybe 10 people per square kilometer and then for the horticulturalists you have uh, like uh, sometimes more than a, a hundred. Uh, uh, people per square kilometer and certainly once you're settled and you have farming, industrial and then you have a population density of places where I live where you have thousands of people per square kilometer and that, that all really has a big effect on the dynamics of uh, and the relationship between the people
1: Yeah and they have uh, some uh, economic relation too I mean the Penislam Malaysia has long history with trading with outsiders in here and China and those orang are were also involved in those tradings. They were traders.
2: Yeah, that's the, yeah, the relationship with the outsiders and the trading is I, I find very interesting as well because that was um, um, well, it's been going on for thousands of years, hasn't it? This, this kind of uh, trade relationship between uh, the people right in the, the heart of the peninsula who've been collecting things like the agar wood, the gaharu, and in a way... Uh, yeah, yeah um Well, the, the interesting thing about the agar wood is that it was exported all the way to Japan like yeah. for, for more than a thousand years, I suppose.
0: Yes. Yeah. It, it's interesting to, well, at least I sometimes wonder what it must have been like if there were uh, more coastal foraging peoples as well in the past. I, I think Mamari were a um, for, uh, foraging people too and they're right a, along the coast um, with more settled people taking the coastline, um, foragers either moving or being uh, assimilated. But um, you, you just don't see many... Um, Immediate return, uh, coastal foragers uh, nowadays. Yeah,
2: I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, 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 i really. We really have to get around to inviting Aya to join the discussion. But I do <laughs> want to. I do want to reply to that point because I've been. I was looking at it just last night, and that the group that Aya uh, and and Aya been quite interested in the Batek. And the Batek are more uh, slightly inland people, not really on the coast. However, um, and they are, they're known more generally as the Negrito or the Samang. But of course, originally, as as you mentioned, Phil, they would have been on the coast. And they would have had this direct contact with any kind of like traders along the coast. And uh, it was actually only up, up, up until about 100 years ago that the coastal population of the Samang uh, disappeared, and that there were Samang all the way um, in, on the coast in Penang, and they had contact with outsiders. In fact, they had direct contact uh, with the um, foreigners, including like the first uh, British who arrived. Um, and the, this is something that the history books actually don't document. And so it's, it's something I, 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 um, I'm quite fascinated in, in that the Malaysian history, the role of the Orang Asli and the important role of the Orang Asli in Malaysian history is kind of like um, missing at the moment. Mm.
0: I think the Orang Asli world sort of underpins and, and forms a, a stability in Malaysia that is unrecognized in, in in, in mainstream society. Um, but maybe we'll have that discussion uh, another time or uh, unless Aya has more to contribute about that.
1: But, yeah, but, but can I say one thing? Something? You can say anything you <laughs> want. <laughs> uh, I just thought that the Vortex, uh they, uh, maybe, uh, probably the, uh, some Taman people, Negrito uh, people used to live in the uh, coast side but uh the Bateks, I think they have long history living Cla Pahang and Patani those are uh, living near the livery route, I mean those are uh, you read the Benjamin's paper about pahang's history there were uh, gold mining place in pahang and those Place and uh, Patani Kingdom. I think uh, we can, uh, they used the uh, river to move from Patani to Pahang. And the Vatics were probably involved in those, you know, trading
2: yeah that 's an interesting point, so even though they weren 't uh, absolutely on the coast necessarily on the coast they were they had uh, they were kind of like uh, had a very key role because the, uh, as I was mentioning there was this trade that cut through the center of the peninsula it actually went yes. from the east coast to the west coast, so it it went right through the the location where the the Batek live. They, they so, call these, these things Panarikan because they, they, you could take a, a boat almost all the way uh, to the heart of the peninsula and then it, you, you could actually pull your boat across a short stretch and then take the boat down the other side.
0: Very interesting. It, it's such an interesting world, the, the Malaysian Peninsula, because for it was also so... Um, it's so different from its neighbors uh, f- for so long up until recently, the last 500 years, where you have these, a lot of um, uh, empires and so on, stretching across uh, the Thai, the Thai region, Siam, uh, Patani, like you said, sort of smaller kingdom, but then also the, the uh, maritime Malay um, sultanates. But then you have this little place in, right in the middle, which is the, the Malaysia peninsula that was, Still, uh, or that remained a Swedening and a horticulturalist uh, and somewhat agriculturalist place, and 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 nonviolent. Very interesting. What I had a a question, but I forgot it. Maybe you guys can speak. and I'll, It'll come back to me.
1: <laughs> Sorry.
2: <laughs> Let's see.
1: So uh, about my paper, uh, I collect some parties. Uh, Charm, uh, which they use for uh, navigation, and I realized they use many uh, words that are similar to Malay. So, um, like uh, you know, tuluk, tuk means What well, well, is it? You know, the wing.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a bay. Tuluk, yeah. Yeah, tuluk, yeah.
1: and oh, uh, I don't remember, but they have many uh, the Bate, they say uh, uh, mountain as gunung. It's same with Malay, right? And I realized it's because they have long, long history, a uh, relationship with uh, Malay. So they borrowed some words and they use it the, as in the Bate context
2: yeah I find that interesting from your paper as well that um, you you describe a lot of the, the different words, and I was surprised how many of them are actually Malay words. Uh, of of ah. course, uh, many of them are not, but there, many of them are, and so that, that shows, like you said, that there, there is a long period of contact um, and it applies not just to, of course, to place names, but many uh, other aspects of the vocabulary. And yeah. um, linguistics is interesting.
0: The um, In the paper, I, I noticed that too, Pasir and uh, what else was there? Gunung, like you mentioned, uh, quite a few. I was wondering about the, the navigation, um, the using the river as the point of orientation versus the person themselves. So they don't use left, right. They use, you know, up towards river and away from river or towards forest, to forest. It's a very interesting um, system of, of navigating. And I was reading in another book, don't sleep. There are snakes by Everett is the author. He was a linguist who went to um, try to convert these stubborn indians to uh to christianity i don't think he he necessarily saw it that way he saw it as a challenge because their language was and no one had been able to translate their language uh, or or master it as a foreigner and when he writes in the book too that um, their navigation system was also uh, river based that they they define everything as you know you are in relation to the river in this way
2: Yes. Okay, I've got a question for Aya. So, um, and this is, this is, uh, it shows I haven't read the paper that carefully, but uh, when, uh, do they uh, talk about the banks of the river, like the left bank or the right bank?
1: No, no? they don't care left or right so much.
2: Okay, that's interesting. But, but-
1: they they use like that way. <laughs> they so, use mouth to point.
0: Also use some oh, facial gesture and some yes, pointing. Yes,
1: yes, it's like oh, that way. That way.
0: <laughs> that's that's fun.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah I was thinking and, about it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead.
1: And I because came like bate, so when I came back to Japan, I do like this and <laughs> my brother said no that's not nice <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's funny
1: yeah so you're pointing
0: people with your mouth
1: <laughs> yes yes <laughs> in Japan. It's kind of rude right?
0: <laughs> I guess so but in the context of the forest it all makes perfect sense
1: I know yeah There's,
0: and and even here when I go uh, I was just in the woods this morning um, by myself walking around and I was had read half your paper by then and I was thinking about it. Yeah. That's how I tend to navigate when I'm in the forest, even here is a relationship to this stream. Cause I always go to this river and the stream and the little, I guess you would call them tributaries, although the stream itself is, is quite small, but um, I'm always thinking of my relationship to this, water if i'm upstream downstream um and then uh, thinking of the different bends that's for me also i don't know if they um have such uh if they place importance to the bends of the river or maybe more of the um the landmarks around them
1: oh i think bends they the, feel the uh environment uh based on the river system so they and landmarks uh, belong to the, you know, bends, the riverine area.
0: Yeah. So that's how I'll remember them here too. I mean, oh, that's the bend with the beaver. And mm-hmm. then I'll know where I am. And this, is the bend where the river gets very shallow and it spreads out. It's very, it's a very intuitive system. Actually, it's confusing. Um, for those for <laughs> those listening at first, it sounds confusing because when you try to verbalize it to someone else
1: um, yes, yes,
0: but when you're actually doing it it's it actually makes a lot of sense
1: yes, yes, like you are feeling the topography when you are walking in the forest, right
0: yes absolutely, and you're remembering everything and using dead reckoning at the same time yes. And because it's their home uh, and very familiar, so they, they never really, I mean, being lost there isn't like being lost for an expedition or something where. I, you, I
1: heard some um, Bateks of a ring, uh at a camp home, uh, or uh, um, batex they lost because I think they haven't, uh, I think they don't walk their areas often that's why they got confused and they lost
0: so are those people that are, are living in government uh settlement now quite a mm, lot yes yeah.
1: some people who are really modernized some people still you know living their traditional life so it depends on the person mm-hmm.
0: so those people in the areng um they aren't as familiar with the, the places in the topography.
1: Uh, it depends on the person, but they are. Because uh, young kids, they go to school and stay in the dormitory and they have no, uh, you know, experience to get the skill to navigation navigate in the forest.
0: Is that the case with the uh, Koala Ko uh, group that, that you were uh, learning with?
1: Uh, people, uh, at first they go to school, and but once two weeks they come back to the village. But the you know car driver he quit the work, so now they are not attending the school.
0: So. Um, maybe you can tell us more about your experiences while you were doing your field work. Um, what What did you like about being with the Batek and the Kualikol Kuala people? Um, were you also staying in the forest, uh, living in the shelters as well, taking part? Uh, how How much did you take part in the the daily activities? Uh,
1: I live with take so hold my you know from the morning I would wake up and go river take bath and come back get you know fire to boil tea for the family and eat together with them and go forth together with them and come back and sleep together with them like that so I think it was really hard for them first, cause I couldn't speak M- 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 Malay nor Bahasa. We are like doing <dad> <nein> <laughs> <loso> hand gestures. <laughs> like, you know, gestures. We use gestures a lot, and I was scared first, but they were really nice, especially little kids. They were so cute, and I started to you know first I lived alone because my supervisors, they built, uh, they asked Bate to build a house for me and I stayed there alone, but little kids, they said they want to sleep with me. So I slept with them. And after that few, few, few weeks, after a few weeks, uh, some outsiders uh, came to stay in the village to build uh, concrete houses. So the birthday said it's not nice maybe it's they worried about me because i i'm female so they said it's better i live with the batang the leader of the village so i decided to live with them and became a family
0: so we, in the village you stayed in one of the the concrete buildings but then yes. in the forest you would build a shelter and stay in yes. one of those
1: uh, not i built they built oh and i <laughs> i'm not i maybe i helped a little bit <laughs> yeah
0: but well, it doesn't take that much work to to uh make a a shelter it? it's actually uh, so it's for them it's probably like um tying your shoelaces almost it's mm-hmm. uh, it happens so quickly
1: yes yes but uh maybe my role was to buy the plastic seat for that roof okay because it private you know if it rains i don't i forgot how to sing um english bocho how do you uh, they will. it will leak <laughs> <laughs> yeah leak
0: <laughs> so the the leaves are actually preferable mm-hmm. Th- yeah wow uh, and uh, Tekwin, have you slept in one of the, the shelters before?
2: Yeah, and we, we had this plastic, well, it's a tarpaulin and uh, yeah, with my arm. And so, yeah, it's very simple. You have uh, two supports on the side one at the top and then you just put the top over the top but before the the the, the funniest thing about that is that um um when i went camping with him he said uh, that i i asked him do you have a tent and uh, in uh, malaya tent is kemar and so he said yeah i will i will i will bring it and so i i, I expected that he had like a a full full kind of tent but it was just like i said it was just a plastic sheet and so i was wondering okay but like what's going to be on on the ground and and so at the, on the ground was quite interesting because they just grabbed all uh, and Aya, uh, maybe you can confirm it's the same with your group, but they just grabbed uh, lots and lots of leaves and they just piled the leaves on top of each other to make a, a kind of like a springy soft bed. And then we had a uh, gunny sack from like an old rice um, a rice bag, and he just split that open and he put that on top of the leaves and and so we slept on top of that and it was all quite the sides were open
1: I just realized that kimba means kimba kimba means what
2: uh well a tent or camp yeah yeah. I
1: I thought it means plastic seat I learned from
2: yeah so they, they uh, yeah so it's it's kind of the opposite in my mind because i always thought it's a tent because like when uh, you say it in the city if you want to go buy a tent that's what you say but uh yeah in um in english uh, yeah you'd normally translate it as a tent but yeah it was just uh yeah it was just a plastic sheet right
1: yeah i i i I learned from the body, so I thought kimba means plastic seat. <laughs> now I learned from you. Yeah, well,
2: well the, Of course, these words have got different meaning depending on who you speak to. Because when I first went camping, uh, not only did the tent have uh, sides and roof and the ground sheet, but it also had tent poles, you know, the metal poles, mm. aluminium poles. Yeah. And, and so it was very heavy to carry because you had so many different parts and you had tent. Pegs and you had string, you had to pull down, but no, they are basically uh, as long as you have the parang, you can quickly find some rattan, some the rotan, and so you don 't need string. you use no. the rotan that you find, and you use that to tie the the sheet yeah. but that 's funny that 's a funny story that that because you learnt uh, these words from the watte you had this. Different the impression of what they meant.
0: I went to um, Satun um, province in Thailand and I uh, visited some uh, Mani people, and mm-hmm. yeah, and so they had the Hayat, um, uh, I guess a Hayat camp. Hayat means shelter, in yeah. also I think in uh, in several of the uh, Orang Asli languages, the Negrito ones, and so they they would also in in money Hayat was the word they used, and they all sort of face inwards and they instead of have because they had a bit more permanent uh not permanent but there was a longer settlement, not just a day shelter, but they had um wooden beds that they had made just just with two sort of like horizontal or maybe four horizontal. Uh, th- thicker branches and then smaller branches, making the the floorboard of the the bed or the bed oh. where they could lie down. And it would it had like uh, an angle, uh, two angles. So one to for the bo- lower body and one for the upper body. So you could sort of, you could sort of prop yourself up on one end. Uh,
1: so, do they use bamboo?
0: They were for the bottom. They used um, some sort of hardwood. It wasn't bamboo and then, or it could be a softer wood, but it wasn't um, bamboo. And then for the shelter, uh, the, the top, they they had uh, all sorts of leaves, including um, I think most of it was a sort of a palm, but then they also had a banana at times on some of them. Banana. Yeah, but the banana seemed to um, dry out and become not very useful very quickly.
1: Yeah. I thought um, maybe... Uh hunter-gatherers uh, live in Thai, they use uh, banana leaves but on uh, Malaysia side, people use uh, palm leaves. Is that right, Tiwi?
2: Yeah, I mean like Phil said, the banana leaves maybe will work for one night only oh. because after one night, then they, uh, they, will, they won't last very long. So in, in Malaysia, we uh, use a type of palm that's called atap and atap is well, uh, well. It basically just means the 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 palms that can be used for roofing, and they lay the palms one on top of the other to create a, a kind of a thatching, uh, and that lasts much longer. That can last for several months.
0: So, you, Aya, you mentioned the children were the ones who engaged with you, and and uh, do you have any stories of how? The children um, of the of the children like maybe bringing you more into the out of your out of your isolation, your quarantine. <laughs> there,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I let's see. I don't know because I I first time I brought bunch of food, rice and Maggie and snacks and. I gave those food to kids first, and they thought, wow, she's nice. And they just bis- continue visiting my house. But also the uh, adult Vatex, they were really nice, and probably, I, I don't know, they they maybe I'm not so big and maybe, uh, they thought maybe I'm not so. I don't know. I don't hurt them. <laughs> so, from the beginning, they were all uh, really nice, and I. They like to teach their language to me every night. They use candles, and, uh, they come to my place or I visit their place and do some language class with them they like to listen how i pronounce their language maybe i still cannot pronounce well so
0: i'm sure there was a a lot of laughing
1: yeah they like to laugh and they even small things they laugh (laughs)
0: Yeah that is I I was surrounded by constant I think teasing and laughing when I was uh and whenever I'm in the, the Maya uh Tanum village oh. they they love they just the kids love to joke around
1: yeah right. I,
0: I think everyone who um visits uh, either the Batek or the Maya or maybe some other the other uh groups, they they just see how caref- somewhat carefree the children are, you know, less uh, restrained the way our children are in in our society. Much different to being a child in Japan and in uh, mainstream <laughs> Malaysian culture, I imagine.
1: <laughs> but I grew up in a small, really small island, so maybe I might, you know, I was like bad then.
0: <laughs> oh, what? Well, where did you grow up? What was that like?
1: Uh, in Okinawa, in Iriomote Island.
0: Okay, it's I'm, I'm,
1: gonna be uh, World Heritage of nature, wow. maybe around um, next year.
0: So, I'm I'm curious. Did you were you ever interested in doing anthropology uh, anthropological research uh, among the Okinawan islands or the different?
1: Um, oh people's yeah, there. I I did my master research in Okinawa.
0: Yeah, be, but be, mm-hmm. do you, but, so. Do you still speak the the local language? Is it still spoken?
1: Oh uh, yeah, uh, we do. And at the school, we learn traditional dancing for a ritual event. Yeah
0: it's very interesting I, I i quite like okinawan music and uh, the culture seems very interesting because and the history because it wasn't um, only recently or i guess relatively recently became part of the japanese uh, yeah. empire and then the the language might have more uh, have some influence from austronesian culture as well
1: yes, yes. we we say matahari Oh, no you way. Matahari. Yeah. And, uh um, shampoo. Mixing shampoo. In Okinawa. So.
0: Well, those are almost exactly the same. And
1: yeah, right. Matahari.
0: Matahari.
1: Just in the traditional, uh, song we don't use uh we just say uh use japanese taiyo uh, which means the sun. but i i was very familiar with the word matahari because it it was it it is in the you know song very traditional song
0: so matahari in malay is the sun and and, and now i've learned also in the um okinawan language
1: um or at least your island Mm-mm, at least my region, it's really near to Taiwan.
0: Well, that's really the Taiwanese, uh, aboriginal cultures are also incredibly interesting. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: Have you been to Taiwan? Once. Well, I have, I have some friends, uh, who are Aboriginal, um, and they're also very, so, uh, friendly, so, uh, generous. Oh, really? yeah, very warm people. I mean, I, I don't know if I could describe the the Batik people in the same way because they're very um, not that they're not kind, generous people, but the the culture is. Um, they've had a lot of uh, conflict with outsiders, and and also I think being hunter gatherer, there's just there's very little pretense to their culture. There's no need to pretend so it's
1: right right mm-hmm.
0: it's very yeah. interesting so that that also ties in with the um the navigation i found that the, it's all very much here now <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah you what you need to is just think about now don't worry about future just think of us now and i just realized oh uh, they the body has uh think like uh having negative strong emotion is bad because uh you will get hurt in the future you become you know get in trouble having accident so if you don't share with other person if someone asks you to share some food and you refuse to do it so if so, the person who asked you and refused will get sick in the future.
0: So the person who refused will get sick.
2: The, the person who asks. will. Get oh, the yes, person yes. who asks. So you will
0: be guilty in causing yes, the yes. other person harm.
2: Yes, yes. Yeah.
0: Very interesting. I think there's a similar... Um, uh, I, I don't remember if it was in the San Khoisan something similar uh, word, belief or, or or maybe perhaps an even observation we could say that, uh, that, that that's something they've observed and I think that uh, w- it does create a sickness if you were to con- conceptualize um, the emotions that arise with being refused food that is a sort of social sickness uh, mm-hmm. and it, it's really interesting, and Tequan and I have talked about this before. How developed the uh, hunter-gatherer way of resolving conflict is, and it's 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 something we we have very little of or struggle with with all our technology here. So, how have has your experiences living? with the koala batek influence how you live in japan
1: (laughs) except for pointing (laughs)
0: with your mouth
1: yeah and oh when i finished my two years field work and went back to japan it was really hard to get along with japanese culture like i couldn't speak naturally in Japanese, like three months. Yeah, it was really hard. And I even couldn't write my thesis. I didn't know how to write. (laughs) And I don't know. Now I feel like more Japanese culture, uh, I like Japan. And I also like living with Bate and, but I feel like more, I don't know, how can I say it? Don't... I feel like I have some place to live, other place to live. <laughs> how how do you think, Timmy?
2: <laughs> yeah, you have a second home, or you have a adoptive family.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, so like you have a... In Malay, we say... A, like keluarga Ankat, which is kind of like adoptive family. So it's nice you have a... Uh, yeah, you can... Uh, it's like a plan B. Plan
1: <laughs> Yeah, right. And now they ask... Uh, I think Kuala people, some of them are really hard time now. So they're asking to send some money. So I feel like I really need to help them.
0: Mm-hmm um i was thinking with this podcast eventually down the road to be able to offer uh, uh crafts as well to listeners and they, we could potentially buy them from the different groups and have guests also supply them to buy them and then and we would resell them as a way to um generate money for those these these places yeah, yeah, that'd
1: be nice. But I, you have some experience, that right, you, you?
0: With uh, selling things to mm-hmm. uh, orang asli products. Well, I tried to sell some combs, but I, I think it's 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 harder. The Batak uh, and Maya, their material culture is so, so um, immediate. Let's say they don't create things that last that long and they don't bother making them too elaborate so it's hard to to sell these things except for maybe the i think the blow pipes would actually sell quite well <laughs> the blow pipes are really cool um and the combs are nice but i think um the market isn't necessarily like the way that um let's say the pen on bags are so really nice and or the mamary sort of um Crafts; those are really i think uh easy to see how people would would use them but i mean we could always offer them and then see what happens um i'd love to have a blowpipe i don't have one do you have one
1: oh do you have <laughs> i they they gave me one small one but i left in the compound oh, okay <laughs> I think Devi has it.
0: Yes. Taekwon is showing us his um, blowpipe.
1: Okay. I want not see the uh, mouthpiece.
2: <laughs> he cannot hear. Okay, I can hear you now.
1: Uh, I, I want to see the mouthpiece. All right,
2: okay. So uh, this oh. is made by um, Mayam. And it's, I, I think it's, it's slightly, I guess it's slightly more elaborate than they would, uh, or, or uh, that they would normally make. Like he he's made some drawing. This, this is kind of uh, the, the palm that they use for the roofing as well, the atap. That's what I think, anyway. And uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I really like this one.
0: So, so Tekwin is um, showing us the blowpipe, and it has some rattan to fix it. Does it have two tubes—an inner tube and an outer tube?
2: Yes, it does. And I'm I'm not terribly good at uh, pulling them apart. I broke it. Yeah, but but basically, yeah. You see, it, it, this this inner section comes out, and the outer the outer section is kind of like uh, protective, and the inner one is. Is narrower and straighter, like a kind
0: of like straight. It's really, it's a, it's a wonderful piece of technology. The, the Pennant have to make theirs out of a um, hardwood that they cut from a living tree. And then they have to drill down. Um, yeah. And it takes, I think, weeks or something like that. But uh, this, Pardon? Cause
1: they cannot get bamboo, right?
0: I think they might not have this this uh, species of bamboo there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that might be the problem.
1: I I just wonder, they uh, what kind of uh, tree they use for the mouthpiece?
2: Okay, this is yeah. It's a, it's not the bamboo mouthpiece. It's a it's a hardwood. I think it might be like some like pulai. It's um, light. Colored, like very fine-grained wood oh, for the mouthpiece.
0: Was it not heavy? Because I've seen ones with a, a a brown or a dark. It almost looks like a stone. I'm not sure what it is, but it was. It had weight to it, which would probably help to um with aiming.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, the Batex use uh gutta rubber.
0: Oh, okay. That would make sense for what I saw
2: okay um, so this one is a Tamiya one it's slightly bigger, but it's also light colored fine fine grain um, this slightly slightly more engineered but um, I think gutaw would work it's if it's yeah it's I guess it's not so important the uh, the mouthpiece because um as long as it you can create a seal on it
0: but uh, the weight the weight good. of the the mouthpiece helps um to keep the weight when uh the the aiming i believe mm-hmm, keeps mm-hmm. the weight towards where you're holding it versus at the tip helps with the the aiming it's it's so impressive the the blow piping skill
1: yeah it is.
0: so how's your blow piping uh
1: I I cannot use a broad pipe. But you know, they make the, how do you call it? Poison needles? Yes. Yeah, it's really, I like to watch, you know, they are making the needles. It's really nice. They use the, uh, what do you call it? uh, Leaves, which, which they can use like sandpaper.
0: Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's it's incredible how there's so many things that are just readily available that once you know, it, it, the forest it becomes so much more of a place that you, like you said in your paper, you inhabit instead of just uh, occupying. You're, you're part of the forest, you know? Yeah. I remember when we met, The we talked also about durian. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm curious... Uh, your experiences of eating durian there in the with the Kuala, Kuala people.
1: Yeah, but you know durian. They cannot get uh, many durian every year. We have to wait the fruit season. Maybe three or two years uh, later, you get you know the fruit season, but. During the first season, we don't need to do anything. You just collect durian and eat junior every day and get fat. <laughs> 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 and if you, you know, uh, want to keep durian, they make uh, a tonpoia. What do you call it, Timmy, uh, can you? It's it's a, I-
2: fermented durian basically they remove the flesh and then they just keep the the flesh and it naturally ferments and you can keep it for a very long time you
0: need to add salt though, to the yes yeah. yes
1: it's really nice and before i ate durian in kuala i thought durian was really smelly but eating durian in the forest it's really nice.
0: <laughs> it is really. I love durian. So, but they make tempoya, the Batek also make it and, and uh, store it for a while?
1: Yes, yes. But it's finished like one a month. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. So are you, I at the end of your paper, you were saying how you were, there was more to be investigated about how they, how the 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 new environment of the um, the logging roads and the the settled life how that's impacting them is that something you're planning to investigate oh, on further trips?
1: Now I am writing a book about uh, the Bate, and I already wrote about it and how the Bate use road for the navigation or uh, resource uh, collecting, because they memorize those uh, road point, which connects the river. So they move to the point and they go into the forest and they just follow the river in to get, you know, search resources. So, the logics of the navigation is a little bit different, because if you go down river by using river, you say, "Sir, uh, how do you say in English?" Oh, descend, descend, or yes. descent. But if you go to the point which is which locates to the round, down river, you just say "go." They say "chu," uh, which means "go." So the logics are different but you know they move the same point
0: are they, and, how, how are their map uh reading abilities some of the people i mean, i'm sure it varies very greatly but do some uh, of them they, use maps now
1: they you mean the the map
0: uh, or either on phone or or on uh, the map <laughs>
1: No, no, no. Uh, They don't use maps, uh, because I don't know about uh, other countries, because in Japan we learn how to read maps in school. How about you guys? Same?
0: Yes, yes.
1: Because it's kind, you need some, uh, you know, you have to learn to use maps, But, but they do not have experience learning reading how to read maps they so they cannot use map so far maybe if someone teach them to use how to use map they they can use it I think
0: I think it's it's quite interesting that we take for granted uh, you know how obviously this is that on a map and this refers to that but if you're not used to thinking in in that uh, form of abstraction um, why should it be? It actually is quite difficult if you think about it. I, I remember reading in the book that I mentioned before about the uh, linguist who went to the Amazon. He also said that the people there, when he gave them paper to draw things, they couldn't, they would never draw a straight line either. In fact, he said it was almost impossible for them to draw a straight line for some reason. So, not not the, this no judgment or uh, there's no uh, evaluation of uh, intellect here. Just an observation that uh, it wasn't part of their vocabulary, so to say, or their abilities. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There are any? Um, are you planning to go back? I mean, it must be difficult now to go back, but.
1: Yeah. If we, you know, the COVID situation is, I want, I need to go back. I still have some work to do there. How about you guys?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did go back about a month ago. Mm-hmm. I visited a couple of the villages and yeah, I would definitely want to do work there. Not sure when, uh, definitely not now because, uh, yeah, the COVID situation, there's not the lockdown. And it's quite irresponsible to go from a place where I live, which there's a lot of cases, to a, a rural place where there are no cases, because just the, the chance that you could bring something would be, uh, would, would be really, really bad. But um, yeah, in, in the longer term, I'd love to do more work with the Baateng, yeah.
0: I also planned to. Uh, I wanted to visit uh, and do some video with um, different people showing the uh, different gathering and uh, methods or shelter buildings, so on. Uh, that's what I wanted to do, but all everything's on hold. It seems.
2: Mm. we've been talking about getting some of them to join this podcast. Like, um, oh, I don't know if, yeah, nice. yeah, because some of them actually can, uh, speak fairly good English. Oh really? Yeah. Well, and if not, I, I could, I could translate a bit, uh, from Malay. Yeah,
0: yeah. absolutely. That's something would be wonderful, especially with, um, people who still, uh, have a lot of knowledge of the hunting and gathering practices and also the, the younger people who are, um, in a maybe more settled um, state-influenced uh, or mainstream-influenced um, way of living. It'd still be interesting to get their, their thoughts and um, have them speaking directly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's something you can help us with in the future.
1: Sure. My uh, sister, uh, the sister, she got, just got baby. Last week.
0: Oh. Mm. And did she give it a, a a river name?
1: No, she, uh, she got, I I don't know. She, uh, I, she, she just, uh, went back to Kampong last night and she, she got a baby in the hospital. So I don't know what the name of the baby is.
0: That's interesting what they'll do about that. Because in your paper, and uh, I also experienced this myself, that they give names based on rivers. uh, rivers. Yeah. And also, I think, um, do they also name people after things?
1: Yes, yes. Flowers and uh, monkeys. Yeah, I was surprised when I first time when I heard uh, (coughs) what is calling a boy. Monye, (laughs) monye. calling a boy like monkey monkey
0: <laughs> so his name was Monye. and what is uh what is your uh batek name you must have one um
1: uh, sara 's mother
0: sarah's mother,
1: sarah's mother. Yes. So using... i'm old enough so
0: <laughs> so you, you do you is that your um safe name that you can share with us because i know they have a name taboo where you oh, shouldn't yeah. use their, uh, the real names of the people.
1: But my real name is Aya, so they call me Nasara.
0: What is Nasara?
1: Nasara, Na means mother.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, okay.
1: And Sarah is maybe my, my daughter or son.
0: <laughs> okay. But is there, so there's a person of Sarah?
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, uh no no uh, they just named it but maybe if i got a baby maybe i will oh. name the baby sarah
0: oh so they they created a baby for you to be the mother of an imaginary yes, baby
1: because yes. i'm old <laughs> enough so they cannot call my name
0: i see interesting how, how about you take do you have a, a name that they've given you
2: yeah, well, it's I'm, I'm, not really in the Batek, but I used to do a lot of work in um, in Borneo uh, with a group called the Lundaya. And the Lundaya are not hunter-gatherers, they're wooden they're, they're farmers, but they have their own language. And they gave me a funny name, they call me Balang. And uh, Balang, Balang is... Um, uh, I, I say it's a funny name because balang in Malay is bulang, and bulang means stripes, and balang actually is the name that they give to uh, what means tiger. And it's, it's, it's funny because there are no tigers in Borneo, and yet it is actually quite a common name for the the daya in the heart of Borneo to, um, to call people uh, balang. And um, so it, it, there is there's some fossil evidence that there were tigers in Borneo many thousands of years ago. Uh, But it's, it's fascinating. And I mean, you're interested in the Penan. The Penan also have many traditions about tigers, mythology about tigers. And uh, yeah, I could could talk a long time about tigers, but yeah, that's, uh, I think we can do a
0: a tiger episode (laughs) one of these days. I think that'd be great. A tiger, mm. a tiger, uh, standalone episode. Uh, my, uh, the name they gave me in the uh, mm-hmm. was uh, Dayan. Dayan Dur- the you- Dur- durian?
1: Oh, because <laughs> <laughs> you ate durian a lot.
0: Yeah, I would, I would. the first time I came or the second time I visited, I brought maybe mm. twenty durians, uh, and then uh, I guess they. I've asked about when the durians are ripe and so on, and then that's always uh, that name stuck. But then the kids started calling me uh, Hilum, which I don't oh. know what it means. Um, they think my my English name Phil sounded like Hilum, oh. and then they said it's a Batek Hilantan word. Because they, but they didn't, they didn't, they thought it meant uh, good in um, Batek from the Kilantan. But I'm not sure if that's accurate, but they were on their phones, they communicate with other Batek people. Mm -hmm. And then they said, oh, they talk so funny over there. And uh, Hilum was one of the words that they, I think, is, they said it meant good.
1: Hilum?
0: But I'm not sure. Maybe, have you heard of that word?
1: I, maybe I will ask them.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the it bad
1: or good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what, but Ud, isn't that, uh, but Ud, I think that means, but Ud means no or yes. I can't remember. Taekwon, do you know?
2: Oh, no. no, my uh, batik language skills are quite basic.
0: Okay. <laughs> Well. Well we'll have to I'll have to get to the bottom of that. Well it's it's been uh it's been a good conversation and a lot of fun. Hopefully one day we can do this uh in the jungle.
2: <laughs> You're right.